Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlooker should laugh at him and say, this one began to build, but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king, advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good afternoon. It's a little dangerous, I think, on a hot summer day as summer is going on to come for a 5 p.m. Saturday Mass. I think sometimes the ice can get a little heavy. But lest you just heard the words that were proclaimed in the Gospel, I don't know how many of you felt uncomfortable. For me, this is one of the most difficult passages in all of Scripture. Because we have these teachings of the Church, that we proclaim love, and we proclaim the family, and we proclaim the commandment of honoring our mother and father. And then we come here to the scripture, and Jesus says, you cannot come to me unless you hate them. So a superficial reading of that gospel passage may really throw you for a loop. But what is the Lord really telling us? Obviously, there's idioms of language that get translated differently through the centuries. And the word hate is one of them. That's a very strong word for us as Americans, as speakers of the English language that we use. But in the scriptures, another word that you can put in there is to prefer less, not necessarily hate. So what is the Lord telling us in this gospel passage? What is its relevance to us today? And it's pretty simple. It's discipleship. It's the call to be in relationship with Jesus, with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But it's radical. It's a change. It's not just a sense of ideals. What does Jesus say? He says, if anyone comes to me, if you want to come after me, carry your own cross, he's talking about himself as a person, not just a set of ideals, 
not just a set of rules, of teachings, but it's a person. He's coming to be in relationship with us. <coughs> and he tells us, though, that it is going to be sacrificial because there's the cross. There's a cross that comes with it. And that cross is different for all of us. And while we know the cross or crucifixion was the ultimate sign of torture in the times of Jesus, for us, especially us as Catholics, every church we go into, we have a crucifix. Sometimes we wear it as a piece of jewelry. We have it in our homes. What is the crucifix for us? It's the act of love. That is love. The self-donation of oneself. So that is discipleship. The discipleship is radical conversion, carrying the cross, embracing the cross, transforming enough to be people of love. Now, how do we do it? And that's where this prefer less, renouncing possessions, renouncing things. It comes from that word detachment. To remove things from our lives. We are all created in the image and likeness of God. We're all wired the same. We all have the same goal. To dwell in the innermost love of the Blessed Trinity when our time on earth is ended. That is our goal. For that reason we were created. But he gives us the opportunity to be ministers of that love to be co-heirs, partakers here on earth. How? Through sacrificial love for others. So when we rid ourselves of things that encumber us or things that we carry on our back that don't allow us to carry the cross, whatever those burdens are, then we can't fully appreciate what our true freedom is. St. Paul said that in the second reading when he was writing his letter to Philemon. He goes, I am now a prisoner of the Lord. But he was really free. Because he was free to be who God created him to be. When we hear that word detachment or what's holding us down, we sometimes tend to think of negative things or addictions, pornography, alcohol. You guys know all the buzzwords. I don't repeat them. But that's not all that holds us down. Maybe it's certain relationships with people. Maybe it's a political party. Maybe it's a set of political ideologies. Maybe it's a corporate nature. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's sports. In essence, as you see, those things aren't in and of themselves bad. They're actually good, but it's where we place them in the priority of our lives. That's what the scripture is telling us to do, is we put nothing above God. And who was a beautiful saint that showed us how to do this? But St. Ignatius of Loyola. A saint was injured in Spain. He was a warrior, he was a fighter, and over his injury, he was starting to read books and recognize, why do I have these different feelings in my soul? Sometimes happy, sometimes sad, 
And he was trying to discern what these spirits are that he felt, the good angel, the bad angel. Why some things make us happy, why we're sad, and why sometimes we're just happy for no reason. But he says, we must see God in all things, in everything that we do. He saw no difference between the sacred and the profane, the natural and the supernatural, because we're all intertwined in a movement of love. Did God so much love them that he sent his son to redeem us and to give us the opportunity to participate as service here on earth. That's what we're called to do because our ultimate goal is to be with him. So practically, you know, can we see God in all things? Yesterday, Fridays is my day off. I tend to golf every Friday with a good friend of mine. And he's a very good golfer, single-digit handicap. And yesterday, for the first four holes, he wasn't doing very well. Bogey, double bogey, triple bogey, and then another bogey. And he never plays golf. I've never seen him in nine years play golf that way. So then he gets so frustrated. Gets to the fifth hole, 223, par three. He hits a seven iron. At least he hit the green much more than he had done. 60 feet from the hole, drains the putt for a birdie. And what does he say? Me da igual. Which in Spanish, translated to English, is it's the same. That's a healthy indifference of things on earth. That God is with me when I had those four horrible holes and he was just as much present with me then as he was with that birdie putt. That was almost improbable. So even little silly things like a game of golf, we're called to see the presence of God in our lives. So as we go on with this Holy Mass and have the rest of our, our week, let us remember that we were created in the image and likeness of God to see God in all things and to serve him on earth through caring for each other, for that eventually would lead us to dwell with him in the glories of heaven. Amen.